Hey there, Joe Keyport cutting in before we get into the podcast. Just to remind you that this Friday, this coming Friday, September 8th, Ear Coffee is hosting our sixth birthday party at the Cedar Cultural Center featuring four awesome local bands. We got Early Eyes, we have Silo, we got Anita Velveeta, and we have 12th House Sun. They'll be playing. Tickets are on sale now. We'll be linking those in the show notes. Otherwise, you can head to any of our social media. You can find a ticket link there. We'll also be having merch on sale, Ear Coffee merch. We'll be having some special edition uh, tapes and CDs, a uh, compilation of the last three years of live sessions. So we got 13 tracks, some cool unreleased material from some local bands as well. So really excited for that. Uh, 50% of the proceeds from our merch sales will be going to mutual aid funds, as well as a uh, percentage of the door profits will be going out to mutual aid funds as well as we're trying to give back to our community. So make sure you come on by this Friday, September 8th, for the Ear Coffee 6th birthday show at the Cedar Cultural Center. With that, my name is Joe Keyport, and you're listening to the Ear Coffee Podcast. For this week's episode, I talked to several members of the band Ice Climber. And if you don't know who Ice Climber is, they're a collective of nearly two dozen musicians who really do everything from improvised music to some pre-written and pre-recorded stuff. And they're dropping their new EP, their new record, Rage Party, this Friday, September 8th. It's a fantastic dive into just kind of the breadth of Ice Climber and really kind of experiment with what rage is. It's quite the conversation we had. It's really interesting diving into this world of music that I'm not really exposed to. And I had a really great chat with the members of that band. The band also happens to have their release show on Friday, September 8th, the same time we have our show at the Cedar Cultural Center, which, weirdly enough, Palmer's and the Cedar are like two blocks apart. So as we were talking, you could buy your tickets to both and hop back and forth between sets and really kind of get which ones you want to see. So we'll link tickets to that show as well down below. And as always, it's Ice Climber, and they're right here on the Ear Coffee Podcast. How's it going? Good awesome well sick and so let's start off here let's just get some introductions uh names and what you do in the band just to try and get some voices names to voices here i don't know who wants to start for go first start with sochi probably okay uh i'm sochi de la luna i do vocals and soundscapes Hey, I'm Jujo, and I play bass. Ooh. I'm L, and I play guitar. My name is Sage, and I play saxophone. Uh, what's up? I'm Doug. I do vocals. And I think Andy is currently driving. Yes. Doesn't have a second. There we go. Can you hear me? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm Andy, and I play guitar also, and I also recorded albums. Awesome. Well, cool. I appreciate you taking some time to chat with me here today. I know uh, this is your second round of of media here today. You were er- so you were <laughs> earlier on the KFI with Doc, which is sick. Mm-hmm. 
So starting off, uh, I asked this question to a lot of bands uh, when we first get into it, which is, what is your like log line for Ice Climber? What's that one sentence that you give when someone goes, hey, you're in a band. What kind of music do you make? What's that like one sentence that you give them to try and either pass the conversation off because you don't really want to keep talking about it or, you know, what's what's that sentence? So um, I'm going to let everybody else answer before I do, because I feel like everybody already kind of knows what I give people. Um, but I want to hear from them, honestly. This this interview is going to be a really good chance for me to hear things that I haven't ever heard from these folks. <laughs> uh, usually I uh, basically say, like, well, I lead off with, like, saying, like, uh, kind of started off as, like, an improv band, and we kind of do, like, a little bit of every genre like every mm -hmm. i don't know try to do a little bit of everything yeah i usually tell people it's like improvisation chaotic madness <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess for me i always just tell people it's like improv music but then emphasize that it definitely depends on who's playing that night mm -hmm. and, um, you know, the general, I guess, flavor of the event or whatever it may be that kind of dictates what the heck ice climber actually is at the time. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I find myself like, I'll describe a show that we're going to do and bring up all the other bands that members are in for that night and kind of just talk about the background that people have. Cause it's kind of almost like a super group element sometimes. Okay. Cool. Um, since Andy's probably still driving, I'll, I'll chime in. Uh, I give a joke answer half the time. I, I call mm -hmm. this an acid punk or acid rock band because I don't think it has any actual meaning. Um, and people can derive whatever imagery they want or whatever sound they can imagine. And we might even need it. Who knows, you know, mm -hmm. or we might not. And we'll just like continually um, be different than what they expected um one friend of one of the one of our first shows for the white squirrel residency we did last year um one of my friends who's in buoy omega was like it was like living inside a wall of sound <laughs> that's that's funny that's awesome well so let's start off here let's get a little history what how did ice climber form from what i know tan, i'm i'm tangentially you know aware of a lot of of what y'all do and kind of the other projects you're in. Um, but talk to me about how ice climber formed it. Cause it's this, from what I understand, this big collective of people that you kind of pull from to, to put these together with, within a core group. So talk to me about how this project came about. Yeah. Um, so I'm one of the only founding members in this call at the moment. Um, but the whole reason it all started was, uh, unintentionally. Um, <laughs> uh two of my bands are supposed to play this thing called the rock box that happens at the arch shanties okay, uh, yeah. that happen in the winter you know they happen on lake frozen lake harriet and nick knutson built this thing called the rock box and inside of it you perform or you can perform outside of it if it's like warm enough which this winter was um at some point but um originally i was in a band with david into it's william and um they're like uh, they're solo producer slash electronic musician. Um, they play the keys uh, 
they were playing the keys in that um, project that we were trying to get off the ground. But because of COVID, uh, people kept getting sick and all sorts of things were getting in the way of rehearsals. So it never got off the ground. But the other two bands I was in as well, um, they just like last minute, some members couldn't do it. And uh, I asked everybody who I had already been playing with in those bands and David um, to see who was interested. And only Charlie Milky of the other band I was in, like what I did on the ritual. Um, and, the, and, and, and he was doing space space for like what I did on the ritual, but there was kind of an group. Um, but I asked him if he wanted to do that for the event. And then from then on, we were like, Ivan Cunningham would be because he's very versatile. Mm-hmm. He's, he's versed in improv. And um, so it was the four of us. It was just the four of us. We were going to be a drone group, a one-off. And we named ourselves Ice Climber because we thought it was funny um, based on like where we were playing. Mm-hmm. And um, we thought the, like, the name, other than the fact that like we did all think about the video game at first. Um, yeah. We also thought of like you know what it would be like climb a, a mountain, and I even brought up the fact that like it makes it had like a, an extra meaning for me because I'm a Texas transplant. Okay. And coming from Texas, uh, people are a little more reserved here, a little like harder to get into people's uh, friend groups, and so it kind of feels like you're climbing over ice to socialize, <laughs> mm. to create projects or whatever. Um, and my hope was that like because of the people I started with, like, um, if we ever did anything else, it, it would just be a warm, welcoming spot to just be free mm. musically. But then from then on, um, we asked Paul, who's not here right now, um, if he would join us, but I don't think he understood the assignment. Um, he thought that we were asking him to fill a slot in a set list. Uh, I mean, in a in a show, okay, and because he does his own project as manual controller, but um, unbeknownst to no, uh, unknown to us, he also played the drums, <laughs> um, <laughs> and he misunderstood our call for a drummer, but he came anyway because he, he didn't get it because he was like, "Why does this drone group need a drummer?" Uh, that's not usually what you hear of when people say drone. Yeah. Um, and he went to the West Grove with us. It was, I'm pretty sure it was a loser magnet show. Mm. And um, we were one of two other bands that were on that bill. And he blew us away. So then we, we asked him to play again with us. And the next gig, uh, Jujo actually joined us on bass. And that's when Jujo and Paul met. And I saw them play together. And people saw them play together. And they were like, holy shit. And then we got asked to play more shows. And we never intended to play more than that rock box show hmm. but i think because of that incredible rhythm section that paul and justin create um everybody who's been able to join us since then even if paul and jujo aren't playing kind of like understands the assignment and and just kind of <laughs> like still continues with the like whatever sound it is that yeah. we have at our core you know um and then from then on we just keep getting asked to play gigs we, we barely ever book our own gigs um, on occasion, we're like, oh, man, we really want to play with that group or we want to play at this location mm-hmm. specifically. So we'll like seek out bands. But 75% of our shows are people reaching out to us. And that's just really flattering. Which is also crazy because, you know, I'm in the band and I'm like, 
can't keep track of all the shows that this band is playing and because you know <laughs> i'm only playing like a fraction of the shows as well mm-hmm. that's awesome and so then how 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 many members are in ice climber would you say is it do you just count like kind of your your core group and then do you like all right we have some people here and there that have played with us or is or is there just like a big collective you get to draw from it's a little bit of both um like uh, i would say that sage judo and i are in the core group and so is paul um charlie is considered core but um charlie's been taking a break this summer to play with um like cover bands um <laughs> and make some money you know just because like you know the gigs don't really pay anything <laughs> yeah but, like cover, cover bands get a bunch of money or wedding bands or mm-hmm. whatever um Charlie's an incredible guitarist and bassist, so it makes sense that he's a session player for people. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean that that fifth slot always kind of like rotates around. Like right now, it's uh, you'll either see Andy or L or um, this keyboard player named Meek, who used to be in uh, Alien Book Club, mm-hmm. um, or. Um, or, or yeah, the other drummer uh, who joins us a lot, Nick, uh, or Stick Nick on drums. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's that group that usually plays the core group. Um, we've been playing a lot with this person named Graham Graham Findle, who's in a band called Speed Limit Five. Um, really young, nineteen year old person, but they shred. Um, they they love Sonic Youth. <laughs> so yeah, kind of what they're bringing to the table. Um, but we love we love them. And other than that, like we've had people who jo- have joined us like a handful of times, like um people have only joined us twice or once, but we still consider them ice climbers. Mm-hmm. Um so we're probably around like in- anywhere between 15 to 30 people deep at this point. <laughs> that makes you the biggest band in the scene. We're because <laughs> I, I play in we have nine members and we're like, yeah. we're the, we're the biggest band. I was like, nah, we, we, we have, <laughs> we have one to contend with still. Uh, yeah. If we, I mean, if we could find a, a stage big enough frequently, you know, like <laughs> we would bring more people, but after a while it gets kind of cumbersome to yeah. have everybody on, you know, and I'm sure you know that as, yeah. as a person who's in a nine person. Band. Yeah. And so, so then how are you like planning? Are you expect, or based on who you call, is that kind of how you're tailoring how you're, you want your sets to sound? Or is it like, okay, we have this lineup or this show we're playing. I'm going to call X, Y, and Z to try and help round out what we're going to sound like. And this can be almost like a, a like almost an open question for everyone. If they're like, I, I'm getting the call tonight. I know I'm going to play this way or because I'm this kind of musician, this is what I expect to do tonight. So I'm going to, do that thing again where I let everybody kind of answer. Yeah. Uh, but Juju is probably the other, only other person in the call who has like the most insight and then maybe Sage. So if we want to go from Juju to Sage and everybody else, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I'd say usually when we're planning out shows, we'll see for that particular show who's playing uh, the vibe of the evening. And then I usually call upon climbers who uh, who would who would fit that mm-hmm. uh, puzzle piece in, you know. And uh, yeah, it is great to have so many people to choose from because we can have a lot of heavy players, 
have a lot of light players. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think just the volume of, of videos and like different bits of promotion to kind of show a variety of styles that we can do puts us in a position where when we get booked, uh, sometimes we'll just kind of be asked to do do kind of certain certain kind of niche genres and things like that. And so that's really exciting in a lot of ways, but it can be it can be a little scary. There's definitely genres that like I would have never probably tried before joining Ice Climber. So mm. it kind of got me out of my shell for sure. What are some of those areas of that you kind of had to explore by joining Ice Climber that got you out of your shell? What were some of those those areas that you you haven't maybe touched before? I, I never played ambient drone or noise. Okay. Really, I, I, I like I appreciated it a little bit when I was a teenager, but there there were like I think certain shows that had kind of scared me off mm. that kind of subgenre, and it was really nice to kind of get welcomed back into that. I think the first show I technically played was Drone Not Drones, and that put me kind of the most out of my element, but I got the most out of it, and people were you know really receptive. It's really definitely a very good event to to start out in that kind of that kind of noise ambient section for mm. sure. Awesome. Um, yeah, just the, the kind of impression that I got, like when I first started playing with ice climber was generally like Zochi or whoever else was playing the gig would kind of, uh, generally let the gig dictate like who they invited because they know that certain people have different strengths, but I feel like it's kind of gone even beyond that to the point where I think, uh, Zochi uh in particular is really good at like keeping in mind what people's strengths are but also uh what uh people would like to do mm-hmm. that they're not necessarily versed in doing so you know um like I hadn't really played like surf rock or like any kind of like I don't know reggae or like weird ambient with guitar and stuff like that before uh and just like doing long form jams and stuff. But those are all things that I wasn't necessarily strong at, but I still got to do, uh, by, by Mm. joining up and, uh, getting, getting an ice climber show, which is one thing I really appreciate being able to do something that you're, you know, something, you know, you want to try, but Mm. like, you're not necessarily, um, it's not necessarily like your main bag, bread and butter. (laughs) It also helps when you're surrounded by like fantastic musicians who, who can guide you. Yeah. <laughs> you're allowed to, to hide they a little bit. Easy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. From like my perspective, I just would say that Sochi's kind of a mad conductor of uh, <laughs> just this mass of mm-hmm. talent. And I don't know, it's just really cool to be a, a part of and echo what everybody else said. Mm-hmm. But. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, conductor is a really great image because I was I was thinking like orchestra. You're almost like putting together your perfect orchestra for every set. Andy, do you have any opinions? Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I was just thinking about the first time I booked Ice Climber, um, which was the first queer ritual show um, for metal band. That was a different lineup. I can't remember who exactly played. I know Peter played. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was Peter Vinny from uh, Detroit Dread, who was in a band uh, here with Doug. Mm. Um, David Introitz-Williams on the keys. 
Um, there was also Toivo, who has um, his own band. He plays a lot with like Ivan Cunningham. Most recently, he played with Larry Wish and his guys. Mm. Um, he's an incredible guitarist. We have uh, quite a lot of videos up from one of set, one of the one of the sets that we did with him at um, Wet Squirrel for the residence. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that was oh yeah, and Elijah, the opera vocalist. Um, they'll join us sometimes when we need some ethereal, like otherworldly vocals. Um, they're super cool. Mm-hmm. They went to school for the for opera singing, um, and they they love improv too. Oh, cool! But uh, they've just been kind of busy lately, so you haven't seen them as much. But for a while, they were playing mm-hmm. pretty consistently with us too. Um, my dream is to have like a a pool of vocalists as well, so I don't have to. Yeah. Do the vocal. Like I want to do weird shit. I want to do just like noise. Like, yeah. You know, I want to have like canes and like like my task cam with like a bunch of samples mm. that I'm just putting up there or whatever. Um and have somebody else take up the lead. But uh there's there's a very limited uh pool of um improv vocalists who aren't cis white men, mm. uh straight cis white men. Uh so that's that's the one thing that I that I will say is that like not to be um, exclusionary, but uh, I I love seeing diversity in the scene, and uh, mm-hmm. sometimes it's it's only got to be fostered if you say, "Hey, um, there's a lot of representation for yeah. you out there." Yeah, I think it's okay if you don't get this thing for this band. <laughs> yeah, ex- well, exactly. It's a, just sometimes it's just not for you, you know. Um. I did want to ask. Oh, sorry, what? Oh, I just wanted to say that viewing other ice climber lineups is how I've met some of the coolest and weirdest musicians and other <laughs> bands and scene too. Yes, like it's it's a network. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the thing I was going to mention is uh, you mentioned the first time you booked ice climber, Andy. That's uh, that's when we met basically Peter Corhonen, uh, who also plays for Surly Gurley, and mm. he's our drummer now in, in Udaman, the band that Andy and I are in. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's, it can't say it doesn't bring people together. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, kind of moving on a little bit, how much of your sets are kind of, true improvisation and how much are planned out almost because i mean this right re- this record is a lot of written songs mm-hmm. and so how much of it when you're going into a show are you all right we have we'll, we'll play this song we'll do we'll kind of do this thing is it any given night or yeah yeah it all depends on what show um the band loves to improvise mm-hmm. Um, so if we don't do an improv set or at least like majority or like all improv set once in a while, um, I can, I can feel the tension. <laughs> Cause like in a sense, like, yeah, I'm the conductor. So, um, people sometimes are like, well, what's up? Cause like, I think for, it's, it's harder for me to jump in on something than I feel like it is for like somebody who's more musically versed mm. in like theory and whatnot, which a lot of these members are, I'm not. Um, so I, I, I asked him to like take lead on what, like what we do for the day for the most part, unless somebody has an idea or like, it really wants to do something. 
And, and then I'm like, yeah, fuck it. I, I I'm game, you know, like I'm, I try to, I mean, I used to, <laughs> I used to, and I still once in a while do improv comedy mm-hmm. and, uh, and theater and stand-up comedy and stuff. And I kind of bring that into the role that I play as well. And, you know, in that mentality, the improv comedy mentality, you're like, yes. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what I try to do. But, you know, sometimes, yeah, you'll get asked to do a specific sound or something like, uh, queer ritual. It just, it felt, it felt like the, the thing to do is metal. So, you know, uh, hit up the folks that I know that are really competent and, mm-hmm. um, strong at improv as well when it comes to that genre. And I used to play in an improv band with, uh, with Peter Perhonen. So it only made sense to hit him up first for drums. And then Vinny, um, I know in improv because we've talked about it before because I've seen the Jura Dread a few times uh, before that show and um, had always wanted to play with Vinny or the drummer that they have as well. Um, and then, yeah, uh, everybody else just kind of fell in line, um, you know, and then sometimes they're like, well, why don't we challenge it a little bit and bring in this opera vocalist? Um, but we will just take cues off of the night. Um mm. We we might talk about a step list, yeah. Uh, that might include like a cover, mm-hmm. um, in done our way. Uh, we might not cover it exactly the way it's supposed to go. Sometimes because we just didn't have enough time to to like listen to it and like really transpose it, or because we just wanted to go left field with it. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll also have like segments where like let's do like five or ten minutes of improv. And then there'll be other segments uh, of the night where it's like, oh, yeah, let's just, it makes sense to play. Um, we choose to live here for this one. Or yeah. like, it makes a lot of sense to play um, Summer Fool or whatever uh, song that we've done in the past. Uh, there's some steeds, as you mm-hmm. could call it, um, that we utilize as well. So, yeah it's, yeah, it's fun to do all of it. And I think it helps keep it fresh and fun. Because um, I, I don't ever want to do anything that I'm not having fun with. No. Yeah, exactly. One of the things I, uh, as I've kind of learned about Ice Climber over, you know, the last, you know, few months, as again, the brushes is, um, is how, how much live material you've put up. And so talk to me about when did you want to start taping shows and why are you, you know, why, what, what, what about them made you want to start putting them up for everybody to, to listen to? Um, so I'm, I'm mainly the person who does it. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's just like a really good capture of the sound, even just through an iPhone. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people like L bring a field uh, mic to the show and then it turns out really good. So I'm like, yeah, hey, might as well put it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if it's like something that we haven't, you haven't heard from us before, you know, like it's really fun to have like a combination of different sounds that people can go to our band camp and, and just like uh, peruse and, and be like, whoa, uh, there's all sorts of things that these these folks have been up to. Or like sometimes people surprise us with stuff like um, Tom Michaels, who you may know, goes around town recording, audio recording, yeah. like 90% of the shows in town, mm-hmm. even sometimes there's a field mic at some venues. Or, uh, well, he, he went to our one year anniversary show that happened at Punk Bowling and uh, recorded off the board and lucky for us we had tom michaels working uh, not tom michaels sorry tom uh i forget his last name but he he does sound at palmer's mm-hmm. and at uh punk bowling 
and he, I think he's one of the most fantastic sound people in the city. And so the the two recorded the show together, and and then Michael Tom Michael sent it to me, and I was like, holy crap, this sounds like we recorded it in a studio <laughs> yeah. with a live audience. It's so awesome. Yeah. So we put that up too. Um, you know, with like crowd reactions and even the birthday song that I sang for Jujo at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's kind of how I I operate. But uh, you know, it's like now that we have this recorded album, mm-hmm. I it's okay to t- to kind of like slow down on the yeah. on the uploads. Um, like I will put up stuff here and there and uh going forward um if it sounds phenomenal and it's something that we haven't done before um but for the most part i think it's safe to say that we probably won't put anything else up after rage party until we record a self-titled gotcha so that's a natural transition then so the new record's called rage party so at first just talk to me about writing this record kind of where were where were y'all coming from as you were putting these six songs together so correct me if I'm wrong, Andy or L, but we originally set out to try to record eight songs. Um, we did have a seventh song that we were going to throw in the mix. Um, but I'll tell you the truth. We, we, for, we forgot about it. We, for, we forgot about recording it. We, we, we practiced it yeah. literally for like a month. And then we we were getting like super busy with stuff mm-hmm. as like the winter started thawing, and we're all feeling kind of fatigued from a lot of different things, you know, personal things that we we just kind of spaced on. Mm-hmm. So you know that one probably be included on the self-titled, um, but uh, we we got together for a whole month and just kind of played around. Uh, we were like, which where should we go with this? Right, you know, mm-hmm. like um, we named our little chat group where we all talked about the music fuzz climber. Cause we, we definitely wanted to bring in some like, um, shoegazy yeah. junior type elements into the mix, but it, it was open, you know, like I had an idea that I wanted to record, uh, we choose to live here, which we've done before, but I wanted to make it dirtier mm. than we have done it in the past, especially since we had two really good guitarists with us. And, um, I wanted to do Narcan for sure. Uh, cause that's a song that, um, Doug inspired me to, to write and Doug performed with me, yeah. um, after I had like debuted it, Doug, Doug joined me for the next duration of it. From then on, I don't think I've done it many times without Doug. Cause it's just like, it doesn't hit as hard without Doug to be honest. Mm-hmm. And with good reason, right? Like it's honestly their story, but I, I did ask permission to do it. Cause it, I was just like. I was like, what the hell kind of a situation did you get yourself into, Holmes? <laughs> um, I couldn't believe it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 Doug being the person they are and trusting me as much as they do, they, they, they were like, yeah, go. And I'm very humbled that they uh, they loved what we did with it. And uh, I love what they've done by joining in on, on doing those. Yeah. Um. And so were a lot of these songs then a, a collaborative approach to putting these together or was it like a jammed it out situation where you pulled from topics like, like on Narcan where Doug had the story that was willing to let you use. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so yeah. 
I think, yeah, it's a com- it's, it definitely felt like a big collaboration. Mm. I feel like Andy could talk about more about how it all went down too. And Al, and I mean, literally yeah. everybody in here, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, well, the way I, I kind of uh, saw it as we went into it uh, was that there had been, Ice Climber had been around and, and playing live long enough where there were some like Ice Climber standards, you know, mm-hmm. like a set of songs, at least lyrically, if not, you know, also having some guitar or bass uh, or drum components to them. And it was kind of just a matter of like, let's like take these existing songs or ideas and then like flesh them out by jamming it out together and like make them into uh, songs with like actual written parts. And um, the one thing, uh, the one kind of like funny little story that I like to tell everybody is uh, on Narcand in particular, uh, the reason, the way that I came up with that main riff, which is like so stupid, uh, it's just make a bend up, but it just sounds so grungy and sludgy mm-hmm. is because when we played uh, Narcand at the 420 show, at Dead Wizards Lounge, um, I didn't realize we were playing that song, and I was like, "What am I going to play for this?" Like, mm-hmm. and I was uh, paying attention to Jujo, trying to see what they, what note they were playing, and I was like bending up yeah. slowly <laughs> I didn't know to, basically, to basically try to match the note that they were playing, and then I was like, "Why don't we just put that into the final song? Just like have the main riff just be a bend." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's the, yeah. Yeah. Most of the songs were like that, except for He Deserved Less, which we all wrote together um, mm-hmm. in one session. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, that was a really fun one. Mm-hmm. That was weirdly the one that like Jujo could not make because of um, uh, being sick. And uh, we're grateful that they didn't come and spread their icky uh, <laughs> at the jam. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Sage actually plays the bass as well. Um, so Sage filled in on bass for that day and just kind of considered what they would do on saxophone for the next time. Um, and Juju just kind of like heard it and heard the song that we made and was like, all right. And then they, they put their, you know, their own bass brand into it, which mm-hmm. is dope. Um, and then Sage got the chance to really explore the sax on that point. And and I think some of the parts happened because because <laughs> you know how like uh, saxophone is another voice, right? So then mm-hmm. sometimes Sage and I will like collide. <laughs> like Sage will be trying to do a solo, and then I end up coming in there, and then Sage doesn't know if, like he should stop or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like some interesting moments actually come out of that too. Um, but it was all it was all kind of devised live, you know, playing together, mm-hmm. um, all recorded as live takes as well. Um, but we, we had Andy who was trying to like learn how to record more, mm-hmm. um, who, who like took the lead on that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely a learning experience. Yeah, I can imagine that's a way to dip your toes into recording with such a like dense arrangement with so many voices in this band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, and I just had this eight-channel like pre-Sonus interface from like 2010, mm-hmm. 
then is like every single channel was used and just like completely like on the fly, like figuring out how to deal with all the noise. I think it turned out way better than I thought it was going to. That's sick. We did it in that garage too. (laughs) Yeah. I remember you guys just like, just like kind of doing the math, like figuring out what you could, I think Sochi's vocals and Sage's sax were maybe like on the same channel or something at one point or, yeah, it's very <laughs> interesting. They were going to be. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But stuff like that was mm-hmm. was going on. Yeah. For some of the, like, Jujo or Doug or Sage, is there anything about kind of working on this record, writing this record that... Uh, you wanted to you wanted to mention or talk about a little bit? Well, I must say this goes back to uh, Zochi recording and documenting all of our previous jams. Mm-hmm. Without that, we wouldn't have had half the record, you know. And uh, absolutely. Like is usually the improv jams kind of go in one ear, out the other. Yeah, living in the staying in the moment. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah, forever grateful that mm. Sochi <laughs> has documented a lot of our uh, a lot of our endeavors. Yeah, you just give that like, oh shit, that was cool. What was that again? And you have the you can right. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scroll through the tape, relearn your part. Yeah, no, it's sick. I love it. It was it was kind of like a, a satisfying thing to record in that we'd been preparing sets for like a month of shows that just kind of kept falling through. Mm-hmm. So it felt just really good to kind of bring those covers together. And I you know, I think it probably might have happened without all those kind of like coordinated efforts that fell through, but I think it just gave us a lot more motivation to kind of be productive about it. And I really like the way that we've released it too, where there's just kind of been you know, singles kind of coming out of it, you know, maybe a longer seven inch release online. It's just kind of been really exciting for me to kind of see that side as well. So mm-hmm. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, I don't know. It's, um, I've known Zochi for like over five years now and just have worked with them on, you know, various other mm-hmm. musical endeavors. Like we used to kind of bounce back and forth doing vocals for this band in humanity. And so, that was kind of my first like taste into the whole improv sort of world of things. So, I mean, just like being able to jump on this project just like felt really natural, I guess. And um, it's just like another good opportunity to make tunes with like my friends and some <laughs> really cool, talented people. So it's been good. Yeah. And, and actually I want to say Doug, uh, Doug came in for just one day. They came in for one of the days that we were recording, and it's typically we were recording Narcan, but also He Deserved Less. And they weren't even supposed to be on He Deserved Less, but since we were going to start with that one, mm. um, I, th- I think we were trying to get Dujo or some, something up to speed about it. I think we were working on some of the, the changes and whatnot. But um, Doug, Doug was around, so I was like, hey, Doug, would you want to join like halfway in? Like once it kind of like gets going and like, mm-hmm. you want to jump in at the part where I start yelling, he deserved less. And Doug was like, yeah, sure. So what are you singing? I'm like, he deserved less. And you know, I told, I told them everything else I was doing. And then they, they 
they threw down some screams that like later um neither of us could tell what they were screaming <laughs> <laughs> um and so like we had to for, for the sake of like performing it live and stuff we had to come up with like lyrics to, to put into there mm-hmm. and it was a collaborative effort on that end but um i thought that their screams that so much the, the song itself like it, it ups the level of intensity about the the situation the song yeah no the the vocals on both of those songs are insane especially when you're like oh we did it back to back and i was like <laughs> crazy <laughs> crazy um Talk to me a little more about kind of the, the 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 nature of this record and kind of what the songs are about a little bit. Obviously, Rage Party is a very evocative title. You kind of know what you're getting into going into it. Obviously, we don't have to dig dive too deep into all of these songs, but just kind of talk to me a little bit about what's going on in these six mm-hmm. tracks. Sure. Um, I, I will talk about this because... Since- uh, I was the one who did a lot of vocals and and penned a lot of the mm-hmm. the lyrics, whether uh, in the moment or like ahead of time. Um, but basically, uh, the whole record wouldn't have happened if like we had, didn't have three shows canceled that we were going to have Elle and Angie play together. It was going to be the first time they were playing with Ice Climb. We were going to do stupid-gazy, gothy stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like this show that Stim One had booked us on with like Bird Cop and stuff. Or, like. Let's bring in a little bit of punk, a little bit of shoegaze and goth, maybe even a little metal. Who knows? And those, those that show kept not not just that show, but that lineup kept getting canceled on because of the snow. So it felt a propos to put, uh, to bring uh, he uh, I mean sorry to bring uh, we choose to live here into the mix uh, and and record like a dirtier version of that song um, because when I performed that song and came up with like the what the hook or the the melody i'm I'm not very versed so mm-hmm. uh, forgive me if i'm not talking 100 correctly about music but um when i came up with that why do we live in a place six months winter um i, I was just over it already <laughs> yeah and i was and that was november mm-hmm. you know we had had so much snow already and i had like because last the, the winter before that one like I was able to ride my motorcycle through the whole winter, but just that winter, the first snowfall, I like fell on my ass and hurt my leg. And I was like, Nope, I'm putting that thing away. Mm -hmm. And so when I had a chance to sing at the residency, like during a freaking blizzard, um, (laughs) I I was like, why the hell do we live here? (laughs) We we could move. Mm -hmm. Everybody could move, but we choose to live here. And, and it, it, it evolved from there to the version that is in rage party. But otherwise it's just like, other most of the things i sing about if they're not completely goofy um there are personal things right mm. um uh we can go into like uh consistently inconsistent for instance which is about adhd uh because i have it bad and actually it's even worse now that i haven't been able to get a refill because we were me and my doctor were like oh yeah let's change the dose to this and then my insurance is like wait a second that's yeah. a lot more than you huh and so now I haven't been on my meds for like two weeks. And so I'm like, yeah, uh, it's just, this, that's, that's how it feels. Mm-hmm. Um, but that we one experienced that also in the past month. So we, we all feel it. Mm-hmm. But that one, that one was written ahead of time, actually. That one was 
Because I was like, oh, why don't we bring in like some like old school hardcore into this like uh, Black Flag, right? Yeah. But I didn't want to just choose any sort of Black Flag or like be like typical. And I wanted to play on the strengths that we have as a band, which is like, we're very versatile. We can get serious if we want to, but we're goofy as fuck, like Mm -hmm. in the core of it. Like, like we're somehow serious and goofy. And I wanted to, to to pay homage to Black Flag, um, Black Flag song TV Party Tonight. Yep, <laughs> uh, that song. I was like, I love, I love how it has the sketches in it. Mm-hmm. I love how there's a call and response. And originally, the whole band was supposed to to, to scream uh, the backing vocals, and there was like a whole sketch that everybody had in a line to say at the beginning, and it ended just falling on stage because they had the only other microphone that could be plugged in to the whole thing. Right. Yeah. Like we didn't have enough mics and mic stands for the mics that were recording mm-hmm. the instruments and the vocals and, and sacks. So mm-hmm. we had to, so it's like, Hey, I, I want, I want backing vocals. And you know, um, everybody was like, well, this is the backing vocals we have at home, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that was, that's how that song came to be mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of like trying to kind of play homage to the, to the greats and, and trying to bring some old school punk into the mix. But um, uh, other than that, like the other songs, like he deserved less is like uh, an alternate, alternate reality where a personal situation from my childhood ended in a more dramatic way where like I got my way in a sense mm. versus like what actually happened where like, everybody kind of just brushed it under the rug. Um and you know we could leave it at that. Yeah. I don't want to bum anyone out and uh, <laughs> who is either listening or here with us mm-hmm. right now. But um, Narcan, you know, or a little bit about that already. Mm-hmm. And, and Doug, if you want to say more about that, that that that'd be sweet. Um, yeah, I don't know. Not to like get too much into the nitty gritty, yeah. but I think that that song to me is like honestly about. Um, flexing on certain like social aspects to seem some type of way but yeah. then when it comes to backing those things up you you got nothing on it and i don't know i think uh that's all i really want to say yeah. about that for now yeah but. don't feel pressured yeah. to share anything you don't want to yeah yeah no i appreciate but it but I, I i remember you saying something like that and i i definitely appreciate you saying that that much mm-hmm. um but then otherwise like wanted to add a little bit more of that like weird psychedelic alternative that was happening in the 90s yeah so i was like what better way to cover it than cover like one of those albums that like perfectly captures that for me and transmissions of the satellite heart and slow nerve action like especially the drums they just hit so hard for me um and i always loved the the guitar from that one guitarist who was only involved in that record and cloud stays metallic Mm. um like only person of color in that band ever um ronaldo um who decided to take a break after that album he was like no nah, i'm just gonna go be a dad so that was that's what he did but like mm-hmm. his guitar oh my god i'm still obsessed with that tone and everything so you know i what do we did this cover and everybody's like yeah okay whatever <laughs> yeah so we, so we did that and, but i think it fits well and it kind of yeah. like a, a moment of a breath um in there uh before you get up to speed again and then the last uh the last song um it was actually done in one take live it was recorded by l on the field mic and mm. it was done with um nursing death 
James Allen's James Allen's Allen Graham. Um, he he's been in the noise scene for like over 15 years and has played as like uh, is it Timmy the Tapeworm or is it? Yeah, it is. Um, Timmy the Tapeworm and done a bunch of like bizarre stuff. Played with like a band called Cock PSP before. And when I say play, it's I don't even, I don't want, it's, we, we could talk about the whole podcast where it's like, talk to SB and like their shenanigans, but they're <laughs> ultimately a noise band. Hmm. And anyway, he was, he and I were going to do a duo set. And then like the other person in the lineup for that show, Maru, who was going to be doing some ambient synth stuff and some like, almost like black metal folk guitar. Um, we were like, Hey, would you, would you want to just like jump in at the end of it and kind of blend our sets in? And she did, and and it, when I heard her stints, and then James is um like homemade noise toys together, and I was like I had an idea, and I started channeling Joel from The Walking Dead, and just like, <laughs> and then my own personal experiences mm-hmm. with like so much death in the like mm. um, art and music community with like you know drug overdoses, suicides, like for the last decade I've been dealing with that like people I know like just mm. have, you know passing too early because of stuff like that um so I was channeling all of that um into that last nine minutes of that stint that we put up for the last track and I felt like the right closer for yeah. an album of rage because it's a very cathartic track even though it's like massive and loud mm-hmm. Well, it's a, it's that all encompassing sound. I, I can't remember who made that that reference earlier in the interview. It's just the it's from everywhere. It's a great way mm-hmm. to yeah, no, totally. Um, so kind of pivoting away from the record itself, you do have a show coming up on September eighth to celebrate the release of this. The goal is to have this out the week of, so people know all about it. So, talk to me about the show that y'all be playing. Who's playing with you? Where can they get tickets? All that, all the details. Sure. Yeah, it's um, it's happening at the Palmer's patio, so you can get tickets through the Palmer's website. Um, I'm pretty sure it's like Etix. That's the 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 mm-hmm. who they used, but it's a double album release actually with Voyager Car, which is is an honor because, um that band has been around for like 30, 40 years, something like that. Wow. And it's, it had a one consistent member, but for a, the longest time, two members of that Kreutzen were in it. Um, that mean, which means a lot to me considering like where they stand in, in, in terms of uh, hardcore in the Midwest mm. and, um, Voyager car in itself is just like amazing. Like they've played with like throbbing gristle and like, oh, wow. um, you know, like they, they're one of Thurston Moore's favorite band and whatnot. Um, which is definitely, I mean, um, it's cool. Uh, and they, they, they have the sound that like, without minimizing what they do reminds me of Godspeed you black emperor, which is something that people are more familiar with. Um, cause I feel like it's more mainstream, at least in the, in the niche genre that that is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they're, they're epic. And, they have they have like another gig the next day or something so they're going to be playing second so lavender daughter just seemed like a really good pick mm. to play to open the show to to really start the show with a bang and like kind of has like a little bit of what boyger car and like what we're bringing to the mix and then mcvicker is a is a 
certified noise rock band hmm. um, and they've been around for a long time too and they rip so i thought that'd be a good way to get people um jazzed and like um uh, ready for like uh, uh energetic sh- uh, set that we have in store for them awesome. you know yeah awesome um but yeah it's happening september 8th at the palmer's patio um doors are at eight no no sorry whoa no doors are at six it's a it's patio show so it's earlier than the inside but yeah doors are at six and the show starts at seven and ends at 10. Um, but you are celebrating ear coffees, uh, sixth year, right? Yeah. Um, oh shit. That's the same 8th. night. Yeah. It's a night. It's a, but it's just like, uh, just down the street yeah. for 40 bucks. You can get two <laughs> incredible show. You could hop between shows. Mm-hmm. One of the, one of the bands is still setting up, you know? Yeah. I, th- I think that's, it's awesome. Honestly. Mm-hmm. That show is awesome. By the way, I just thought yeah. I should mention it. I love all of those bands. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. We're, we're very lucky. We're kind of wrapping up uh, the questions I have for y'all tonight, and I know some of y'all probably have to get back to work. Uh, I don't want to hold you too long. So this is where uh, people sometimes will pull out their Spotify's. What are some of y'all's local and favorite regional bands that people should know about? We don't obviously have to sit there and name every local band that's sick because we'd be here for probably like six hours. But <laughs> right, who are right. some, some uh, cool locals or some regionals that you think yeah. people need to know about? I already kind of like uh, told everybody to to, to be ready, <laughs> just because you know I've, yeah. I've listened to quite a bit already. I, so I uh, I needed that reminder. <laughs> uh, so then, so so for me, it would be probably Spaceport. Mm. Um, I, like in in terms of like dream pop and like that world of music, they're doing I think something really interesting. Um, you know, because there's members of Robot Slide in it, yeah, who already. Have, does a lot of really cool instrumental stuff and then there's um ariana who who, who has solo experimental work mm-hmm. and um pulls from that in my in like from from what i can hear uh so it has an experimental bent to it that i think that a lot of like stuff like even beach house doesn't really bring to the table you know mm-hmm. um and then zyna i i can't talk about zyna enough uh but there's this they're a solo artist sometimes incorporates a band and they play everything from like show tunes to jazz to like big sweeping orchestral things. And then they have like a whole dance choreography. Somebody, I, I, I've had people like compare her to FKA Twigs. Mm. Uh, and she, she's just bigger than like, than people realize when it comes to like what they're doing and their concepts and stuff. Um, they have a whole themed show where like everything is curated, literally everything. Um, but, um, other than that, uh, for me, it would be Eat Lava, this incredible, um, emo, indie, proggy project, uh, hmm. that actually Andy is in, um, <laughs> it's really cool. Um, I'm excited to, to see them record something and, uh, Din Din is another group that I would really champion. Um, they're doing some really incredible heavy music, um, and Speed Limit 5 is, Currently mostly instrumental, um, but it's that band that Graham Findle is in, and they have this like shoegazy bent to them as well. Hmm. Awesome. And who else wants to shout out some faves? Uh, I will. Okay. I'll get mine. 
uh, out of the way. <laughs> uh, I definitely got a shout out. Uh, both Strange Frequency and mm. Northern Hammer. I feel like mentioning those bands together feels appropriate because they knew each other and we, I don't know. I just, I love those bands. I'm uh, friendly with the members of those bands. They're okay. just amazing people. And uh, uh, both bands do a really heavy, like uh, kind of stoner doom mm -hmm. influence type thing but also you know strange frequency has a lot of noise rock uh, dna and a lot of punk dna and uh when i saw northern hammer i was just amazed that like uh two people could like fill up that much space sonically you know okay uh, it was honestly a life-changing uh performance um i also wanted to shout out uh if we're doing like five bands each uh din din uh, zochi mentioned them we played with them with this lineup and when i saw them i was just like totally blown away they sound amazing and they cover a lot of different ground uh sonically mm -hmm. uh and then drug league just amazing awesome just like their their stuff is awesome uh as well as close talker i wanted to shout mm -hmm. out um they have a really cool sound I, you know, when I saw them live, they did a Rites of Spring cover, which okay. is really awesome to see. Yeah. And it kind of explains some of their DNA. You know, they have some kind of shoegazy and some kind of early emo mm -hmm. uh, vibes mixed in together, which is really cool. I'm going to start with a, uh, a two piece as well, because because one of the bands I think deserves some attention is Warcake. Mm -hmm um val's yeah. val the uh bassist and lead singer also runs mn scene and so they do a lot of really cool videography work and they've just been supportive of some of the other projects i've been so i love going and seeing them live they're great um shoddy ensemble who has meek on keyboards and they'll be playing meek will be playing with us tonight at palmer's so it's kind of a really cool i got to sit down and see them play at seward and that was just super great experience really kind of cool doom jazz sound something i hadn't really ever experienced live before so mm. just kind of super fun kind of a, the kind of sound that like sticks with you afterwards i don't know if that's a good way to describe mm. it uh Halix is another band i think i'd like to get out uh they're just a really cool kind of kind of hardcore and grind band they're great uh rigby mm. i've played with before um awesome uh they're, they're just really really fun i've been trying to book them on something but you know hasn't aligned yet so maybe sometime in the future and then one last one i that i always think about is uh virginia's basement just because uh, Zoki yeah. had to bring them in on uh, Mirror Palace. And so that was just like kind of one of my favorite Ice Climber memories, kind of playing a pit band over to the side and then getting to see uh, Virginia Basement do their kind of cool, uh, I think they call it like queer emo fun, what do they call it? Uh, queer emo trash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were really fun. fun sound. So it was super fun to see them. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'll keep this pretty short and sweet, but some of my favorite locals to check out as of lately have been uh, Flowery Face Cut, uh, Valeska Surratt, Worn Mantles, fucking incredible. Like, they, I transcend every set of theirs I see. Yeah. Uh, Damon clearly. And then uh, these guys just played their first show, but um band called Hurt You fucking incredible super excited to see what they have on the rise so mm -hmm. awesome yeah mm -hmm. 
Uh, you I okay. yeah, I can go if if Gio's not ready. Um, yeah, I was just gonna say Silo. I know they were already on your copy. Mm-hmm. Super awesome. Exactly the type of like alt indie emo ish stuff that I like. Um, <laughs> the briefly gorgeous, also kind of in that band, but like more um more poppy and like upbeat. I really like. Um, just saw them this weekend. They're so sick. Mm-hmm. Um, Malamico, Sad Gaze, Two Gaze, kind of like very realistic vibes. Still a lot of their stuff, but like, um, yeah, like a little bit more, more gazy out there. And I mm. super love that. And I, I was already I gonna, gonna say Worn Mantle because <laughs> if you haven't experienced Worn Mantle live, you have to. It's mm-hmm. like the most like ear-shattering like post black death any kind of like extreme metal okay <laughs> like all mashed together it's, it's like the coolest yeah. metal project in the twin cities like just conceptually to me yeah and then um Dread, which doug is in i love them so much that minimal raw black metal just pure um, that pure aggression you get from like cult black metal tapes, but also with more like riffs and melodic parts too. Mm-hmm. Super awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, uh, they might not be. I will say no. what they would want to say because they they posted it in the chat, um, and I think that they brought in some names that I I would have never thought of. So uh, they mentioned the band named Giant Claw. Okay. Um, uh, another DMV duo called Brainworm. Okay. Um, Kill Us Online, which uh, they're sick. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> they they they're, they're melt face melting. Uh, Buu Omega. Okay. Which, yeah. One of the coolest things to come out of Minnesota. Um, and then the Central, which are a Wisconsin band, if I'm if I'm correct. Yeah. Uh, they're from they blew me away when I saw them. Like. Pre pre COVID, they were freaking incredible. They played with um, uh, Textual Jeremy from Texas, and uh, I think Tulip. If I'm okay, in. yeah, that was a cool show. Awesome. Um, They're one of the most insane bands I've seen live. Which, oh yeah, yeah, I miss them. I miss them a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. One more question here today, which is uh, where can people connect with Ice Climber to learn all the stuff you guys got going on? Yeah, I feel like we're really only on Instagram and Facebook, and Facebook's just regurgitated information from Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, Never really got into that one website that should never be talked about ever again. (laughs) That's that's fair. Uh, you could go to Blue Sky, I suppose. A lot of people are doing that. Um, but I, I don't know. I think eventually I'll start a TikTok and start populating it with like some of my favorite shit instead mm-hmm. of like all the shit, you know? Um, yeah. And like maybe start working on that like micro clip game just to get <laughs> people. Because like for me, it's never going to be about money or like fame. It's about connecting with the right people mm-hmm. uh, to feel less lonely. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like it's like. I have this yearning to make music because I want to connect with other people exactly. who might understand my feeling. Cause I feel like a lot of the time I'm not understood. Um, 
although I feel very understood by ice climber people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, uh, I would say Instagram and especially like follow our, our band camp. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll, it'll update you whenever we have new music, but we'll try to put things up through DistroKid uh, until maybe somebody wants to give us too much money for the right to like be our face and whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't happen. Then yeah, we'll just keep putting stuff out. And if we make money, that's cool. But if, if we don't, then it's like, well, whatever. We're having fun. Awesome. Well, that's all of my questions here today. I appreciate you taking some time to chat with me. Congrats on the new record. Hey, thank you. Thank yeah. you for having us. Yeah, of course. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. The Ear Coffee Podcast is a companion to the blog of the same name. If you like this episode, please leave us a rate and review so we can stand out among the other music podcasts. You can follow us at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ear Coffee. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.